0: Listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 9. Principled Princess. Commodore Shrike.
1: I hate this place. It is so sticky and hot and filthy and hostile. The smells assault my nose and my finely pressed clothing sticks to my fur and my polished boots are caked in mud. To add insult to injury, the army at my back are not much happier. And I am charged with keeping a stiff upper lip as we wade through these swamps and savannas, telling them all pit-pit, talio, and we shall be drinking coffee with chicory syrup and eating tiffin by tea time. When in reality, it is jungle. It is blood-sucking parasites. It is whooping, growling raw meat munchers glaring at us from treetops. I am impelled to suggest a round of target practice if they come any closer. We are now far from Leonidas and heading along the road to Bastarian, following the advanced guard to the agreed upon meeting spot. I long for the milder climbs of Albion Even the chilly drizzle down the back of my neck would be welcome now. Least of all things I look forward to is having to state our business to the governors of this infernally insecure city at our next stop. Are we welcome there or not? All this puts me in a foul disposition and it is crucial that I remind the troops why I climbed high enough to attain this vaunted position in first place. It was not that I am the king's cousin's old school chum. That is a rumour I shall crush whenever I hear it uttered. Well, not so much a rumour as irrelevant. I got this blasted far because every other male gave up. And I soldiered on with the Albee's spirit behind me. Who was it won't battle of Ubuntu Gorge? It was I. Who slaughtered the painted shrieking animals that kept us from taking the Indira Canal? Muggins here. Who fought every single boy at her finishing school and emerged undefeated. The only Lady Commodore on my island. That's sodding who. When we stop and make camp I sit inside the private tent and go through my little ritual. First I retrieve the mirror from my bag. Then I strip myself of outer clothes and simply sit upon my stool and breathe before finally mustering the courage to look at one's own reflection. I focus on the scar. I think of the abominable levels of pain this wound left me in. I recall lying in my medical bed, at the hotly contested edge of the colonies, bandaged up under a mosquito net, while the doctors tell me I may die of infection within days. And I remember how unutterably angry I was. How that gave me the strength to go on. How I turned that fire which had been tearing through me into the coldest ice in my veins. How I came to terms with my one good eye. How I recalled the exact moment I had received this grievous, bloody carving upon my person and how I had responded. Most soldiers, when cleaved thusly, would drop to the dirt, bleed in their last or else surrender to the agony and allow their feathered, tattooed opponent to bash their brains in with the dull side of his war club. For me, that single, frenzied moment of vengeance, hacking battering my attacker, the sensation of grasping his gnashing skull in my paws and dashing it against that jagged rock, over and over, even as he looked back defiantly at me. That was my rope ladder out of perdition. His defiant eyes, filled with primitive incomprehension of just exactly whom he was really up against that day. Until I put my thumb claws deep into those sockets. Then I felt his fear. Then I felt his pain. And that is what got me through my ordeal. Invigorating vengeance. And the angrier I got, the less I felt the pain. So now, when I look at my body, this deep, deep scar is not a chasm of life end injury. It is an award I wear with pride, the medal I give to myself. So when I feel this irritation and anger at being here, conquering the Dark Continent, that is the fuel I use to keep me going. And right now, With the discomfort I endure, I am satisfyingly close to that empowering numbness. These naval guard will know what I am capable of before the end of this. That much is certain. We press on down the road. Long ways to go before I shall let anyone rest.
2: Star Dancer It is today My family wait nervously in the forest Surrounding the hotbed of sin and perversion that is Bastarian I am told by mother to watch over my sisters and brother To be sure nobody leaves our safe circle She places a misting incantation down to hide us from passersby But we can see them come and go And we can smell them Noon seems the most torn on this, and I have been instructed to spend the day telling her as much as possible about our history, about the pure lands, about the perfection up on high, to keep her attention with us so she cannot stray. Senet sits on a gnarled branch above our heads, sharpening her knives, while Fowler focuses on taking stock of our supplies for this long journey. Eventually, Mother returns and our hearts leap with relief. She tells us the place was worse than she has ever remembered it. When the city of Bast stood upon this site, the cats were civil and kind to one another, like we are. But now they fornicate in alleys with no parental permission whatsoever, reeling with drink and prideful illusions. Each of them following their own selfish whims, and dressing to deliberately invoke confusing variety. All of this is on purpose. It is how they are taught by their godless elders, those who have abandoned the old and virtuous ways. As I walked
3: the streets in search of clues to the Cicerone's whereabouts,
2: Mog says, her voice tremulous and laden with warning,
3: I followed a great turmoil stepping over over those who crawled from from the cesspits cesspits around my ankles ankles to spew their
4: bile upon the rancid earth.
3: And And I beheld our prize right there, almost within within my my grasp. grasp. What did you see? (laughs) Stardancer, I almost wish you had been there. Your siblings are all too too young to recall this ghost. of of our past but But it was was most most definitely he he. who there There was was a a thief taking possession of the artifact artifact amid amid a deluge of of rabid fighting tigers tigers. a A tiny clever clever cub whom whom i saw saw use her wiles to procure it amidst amidst distraction
2: but who from A young panther Panther
3: that that you and I I knew so very well. well. Until he betrayed betrayed his family, I I thought him dead 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 and gone.
2: I know immediately of whom she speaks. An aged guilt resurfaces, and I must do all I can to hide its sting from my features.
3: It And And as as I hunted the thief, I saw him again,
4: wallowing in the shadows. He struck a bargain with her.
3: And now now I wish I had made myself known, but but I was so afraid of what the city would do
2: to me. Thank you for returning, dear, dear
3: mother. The Wayward Wayward Panther is now in now in league with the thief. They have the key, the key and they, they are, are on, on their, their way to the, to the Cloudbreaker. Cloud so, we must, we must hide, hide ourselves from sight and follow from a, a safe distance, distance until we see our moment. moment. It, it is, is not enough to simply take, take the keystone. The keystone. We, we need the one who can, one read, who can read it. And the this thief, this magenta lynx cub.
2: Can. All thoughts of mythological weapons are set aside as I nod emphatically. My mind is racing. He is alive.
5: Kolo Nash, it is tonight. While we wait outside the secret hideout of the Bastarian soft pads, as the cub gives her farewell orders to the Scruffians who have been under her charge, I work at Maximus to come with us. This cub needs somebody to keep their eye on her at all times. I say, clearly this lying little maniac is too much for me to deal with on
3: my own. I dearly want to come.
5: He admits.
3: But... With this leg, I'm going to slow you down.
5: I'll carry you.
3: Bogwash, I have some dignity left.
5: Alright. You know your limitations better than me. Wait for her to come back out, go sleep at yours, and then she and I will leave tomorrow. As much as I want you along for the ride, I don't want you taking on any pain on my account.
3: No, I'll come, lad.
5: Uh Uh-uh, you contrary old gimmer. This is not a case of me manipulating you into doing what I want by telling you not to
3: do it. You're staying. Impertinent pup. I was known as the most intrepid of my species back when you were still chasing fireflies. And this isn't just an adventure, it's the adventure. And if my knackered old limb doesn't like that, I'll cut it off and get a peg leg.
5: Okay, fine. You win. You can come. I accede, holding up my paws in compliance. Finally the lynx emerges, not from the curtained hatch she snuck into, but from an alley across the street.
4: I'm all packed, and Crunchy says he'd like a bath before we go, so I suppose I'll have one too?
5: She pats her backpack and draws her hood up. What'd you tell the other cubs? I ask as we proceed back towards Maximus's shop, the lamps around us flickering in the velvet night.
4: I told them to follow the rules we've always abided by.
5: She counts them off on her paw pads.
4: One, the best pickings come from those who have no clue how much they can lose. Two, if a mark looks like they don't know where their next meal is coming from, let them be. And three, if you ever see one cat be cruel to another, watch that mean one carefully. From a safe place, bide your time, and make sure they pay for it.
5: She stoops and lays a gold coin in the paws of a little, old, Ocelot, you're remarkably kind, says Maximus, as the coin is thankfully received.
4: Now you are!
5: She tosses Maximus' coin bag back to him, as his jaw drops.
4: When we're on the road, you're gonna have to keep your purse somewhere much safer.
5: It is tomorrow, in the crowded streets of Kimrir. We push through a river of cats as Maximus peers through a hole in the same, now empty purse.
4: What did I tell you?
5: Leah squeaks.
4: Have a pretend wallet on your belt, a second bag for buying supplies with only a bit of currency in it, keep that under your shirt, and you pretty much have to swallow your actual stash of cash.
5: To be more exact it is several days of hard travel later and we have been robbed blind many times.
0: Why did we even come here?
5: Maximus groans, bending down to rub his leg. When he gets back up, his lantern is gone.
4: We've got to get you off the street, or by nightfall you have lost so much, you're gonna be arrested for public indecency!
5: Throughout this, I've been clutching my bag, gripping the Cicerone through the leather, and growling at anyone who comes close. (sighs) We near the edge of the city and behold the vast, sweeping... Majara Desert. Well, kid, I mutter as we slump against a whitewashed wall. You said the ball thing told you to come here to this place. Had to be a reason for that.
4: what do we have between us that they will accept
5: you? She reasons, adjusting the sliding plates and holding the Cicerone up in front of me. Depicted is the beast I distinctly remember from when I first glimpsed this thing. She lowers the key and my eyes focus on the nearby reaches of the desert where wild sundragons roam free. My vision then drops to the ranch in front of us. Okay, so we either go lasso us, one of three of those critters in the wild, or we buy one from these guys. The enormous wild sundragon rolls over, thumping me against the ground as I grip his tail in vain kicks me in the face and scuttles away, cawing. I sit up, spit out dry sand and glare at Maximus and Leah as they snicker. The ranch, it is.
4: Okay, what do we have between us that they will accept here?
5: Maximus removes a single opal from his inner cheek. I peer at it. Oh, one opal.
4: That's not gonna get us far.
5: Well, use your talents, you little sneak thief get out there and steal us enough from the city folk of Kimrir to buy three sun dragons.
4: No. Remember my second rule? None of these people look well fit. This is a much poorer area. You want to go back to Bestorian?
5: I glance at Maximus, leaning awkwardly, favouring his good leg. I'm not fond of the idea of slogging all the way back there. What about prize fighting arenas in this place? If they have a big enough pot I can fight for the money we need. You any good? I'm the greatest fighter who ever lived.
4: Alright, that's something, but how about you just act like you're an okay fighter? Cause I have a cunning plan.
0: You have been listening to Episode 9 of Panther Soul. Principled Princess. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw Commodore Shrike, performed by Sharon Shaw Stardancer, performed by Theo Lee Morg, performed by Maya Suris Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw Leah, performed by Willow Shaw Maximus, performed by Spencer Lieb Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound Panther Soul Theme, Zard, composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Whimsy Groove, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Enchanting Desert Sounds at Night, composed and performed by Enviro Ambient. Swamp Planet, Swamplandia, Myconid Colony, The Strange, and Oasis City Ambience from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lacluzet, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salgero, Dan Hepner. Dave Hickman, David Shealy, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jamis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G., Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas hario Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green Toby Jungius Tom Painter Trey Contreras and Valencia Burns For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skills Jungius talk us through each story like a book club, and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panther Soul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century eBooks and audiobooks.